With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, welcome to another episode of Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well, folks, we're back after the um, winter slash international break, which I think has done Liverpool the world of good, um, getting a few niggles out the way for some of our senior players um, and getting us ready for the FA Cup fixture against Cardiff on Sunday um, and the up-and-coming Premier League fixture against Leicester. Two tough fixtures in their own right. But we will discuss that in the second part of the podcast. Um, in the first part of this podcast, we're going to discuss the transfer window and how it ended up. I know in the last podcast, we we, we, we divulged into um, some of the ingoings, outgoings and potentials and stuff. But obviously, um, Danny, I have to start on the, the big sign of Liverpool, of course. I can't start anywhere else. So um, first of all, how are you, mate? And what do you think of the uh, Lewis Diaz signing for Liverpool? Firstly, I'm just glad the football's coming back because the African Cup of Nations is boring. And that's all I'm going to say on that. It is a tedious watch. Um, we live over, obviously, on the island of Ireland. And I have been to a couple of Irish League games, which, again, are tedious and boring to watch. But I think I'd rather go to them than go to the African Cup of Nations because I think it's just been a dire tournament. I think it's great that Salah and Mane are potentially going to be in the final against each other. But apart from that, I'm glad the football's coming back because life's been a little bit boring. Although... Going on to this first part of the podcast, Transfer Deadline Day kind of made things exciting. Um, I don't normally watch Transfer Deadline Day all that often because there isn't normally much done in January, let's be honest. Um, But this January was actually quite exciting. So I enjoyed that and I think it's made my week just that little bit better. (laughs) Um, In regards to the Luis Diaz situation, I don't know too much about him. Obviously, there was a lot of talk around the situation. There's all the talk about the fact that, that Porto obviously couldn't pay none of their payments for Gruwich, so we wiped the debt um, and we were able to help them pay some of the bills that they paid, uh, needed to pay to be able to not go into administration. But in return, they had to basically give us Luis Diaz. 
Um, so there's a lot of, obviously it says that he's worth this much money, Liverpool have paid this much money, but there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on. But for us as football fans, I don't care about all that. All I care about is the fact that we've got a good centre-forward who's going to hopefully like help us challenge. He's, he's obviously mainly going to be around sort of Mane's position. Um, but I think it'll be good to have that extra player. And competition is always a good thing. And I think seeing this month the fact of losing... Mane losing Salah um, and having to try and adjust to that. I think the more competition we've got in those spaces, the better. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. I think we had a good transfer window all in all. Wasn't expecting nothing. We said last week we weren't expecting Liverpool to do anything. And then suddenly we pop up with a with a top name European striker. Can't beat that, can you? <laughs> and there you go. As I say, he's got good pedigree. Um, 33 caps for Columbia, scored seven goals, and he scored 26 goals. And uh, 77 appearances for Porto. I think the Portuguese league doesn't get the justice it deserves because Porto, Benfica, Sportlessman, they do tend to give English teams a good game in Europe. Um, and I just can't believe, Benny, that you haven't gone onto YouTube, watched a couple of videos, and become an expert because that's what everyone else seems to do. And considering <laughs> that we're podcasters now, we're, we're, we're professional podcasters, surely you should have just you know pretended that you were a complete expert on Luis Diaz because I'm going to do the same, Danny. I, I kind of vaguely remember him against Liverpool, but. We can't have comfortable games against Porto, except for that one that we won't mention a few years ago. But um, I remember him in flashes, and he's he's a quick pacey kind of winger forward. So yeah, it's good competition. And I say you, you look at Jota and Firmino, and how they've kind of swapped that position against them, and it's kind of I think it's brought them on. So hopefully it's the same for Manny um, and Salah with Diaz coming in. Um, obviously we have to mention a couple of other things. So what I'll do is I'll I'll mention one kind of a close mate who always follows his career. Um, it's Jermaine Defoe. He kind of terminated his contract with Rangers 39 years of age. And he, he's gone back to Sunderland in League One, which is... Um, Danny, some, someone like him, we, we, we've grew up, and a lot of people listening to this podcast have grew up on like the Jermaine Defoe, Thierry Henry, you know, Michael Owen, Van Persie era. And they're all long gone and retired. And Jermaine Defoe, 39 years of age, still got something to give. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Like, I just wonder what he has got left to give. Let's be honest. <laughs> he's, he's 39 years old. He, yes, he was always pacey back in his day. I, and I'm, obviously, I'm starting off by saying I love Jermaine Defoe. He's a great, he was always a great player. Uh, I loved watching him for spares and stuff like that. He was a, yeah, he was a real talent. But I, th- I don't know. I think Sunderland are bringing him in mainly for his experience. I, I'd like to compare it to the James Milner situation, but I think Milner still does have it in the tank. Uh, but I think... I think Defoe's coming in for the experience to help Sunderland to maybe push them on uh, to get them to where they want to be. Is he going to play? I don't think he is. I think he'll maybe come on as a bit of a fan's favourite. He'll he'll be a 39-year-old Divock Origi and come on for 10 minutes and hope that he can do something and the crowd will get excited and applaud him and stuff like that. Is he going to make a massive impact in Sunderland? I don't think so. I'd love to be proven wrong, but I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to completely disagree, Danny. I'm, I'm going to make a bet with you now. Um, half a season, I'm going to fancy him to get 10 goals between now and the end of the season. It is League One, but he is 39. And to get 10 goals, you've got to play some games. So we can have that as a wee side bet for the uh, podcast. But I'm going to bet you now 10 goals before now and the end of the season. Is this like nine nine pens and a goal? Or like, are you, are you looking at this? <laughs> if he's only getting 10 minutes at the end, is it impact sub? He won't even get, get a chance to do that. So I'm going to disagree and say he'll actually play so well. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. Obviously, a lot of uh, a lot of movement in the transfer window. Everton and Newcastle, two big um, two big spenders, and obviously Villa as well. 
Um, but a, a big move that I know a big player that's left the Premier League is Aubameyang, who's gone to Barcelona on a free. Um, what do you think of that, Danny? That was a mental situation when you watched that unfold on Sky Sports. I remember the morning time. I was eating my breakfast and I had it on before I went to work. And it was all, oh, like um, Barcelona looking at Aubameyang, but Arsenal have said that they want to try and make it work within the club and Aubameyang's keen to finish in the project here. So he's not going to be moving anywhere. Next minute, I was in work and I checked Sky Sports News when I had the chance to have my break. And... Next minute, like, Aubameyang's rocked up in Barcelona. Arsenal don't even know about it. He's got on a jet and went over there, parked himself in Barcelona and basically got in touch with Arsenal and said, I'm not coming back, sort the deal, because I'm, I'm not coming back to play for you anymore. And it was just this, like, stalemate. I was expecting, like, Bruce Willis to turn up halfway through it and raid Barcelona and try and capture Aubameyang back. I didn't know what was going on. Um, but, yeah, obviously, he forced it over the line. And there's a bigger conversation to be had, isn't there, about the fact that basically contracts don't matter do the players i think are so big or feel that they're so big now that they can just do whatever they want i think we don't obviously i don't think we want to touch on this podcast on the mason greenwood situation but i think it's only proof of the whole thing that these players think that they're they're untouchable and they can do whatever they want whenever they want and Yang, from a football perspective is just another point of that really he's just turned up said i want this move i don't care if i'm in a contract with you i'll do whatever i want and yeah, it was all a bit mental, but he he got the move at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I think his attitude towards Arsenal Football Club, who's given that big contract from what I hear, £350,000 a week. Mm. Um, for a player is a, at his age, who had, what, two good seasons? Um, it just goes to show that when he got when he cemented the contract and cemented the money, he just didn't turn up for Arsenal no more. And then, you know, he got stripped of the captaincy, and I think that was to begin the end. But... Have to give a little bit of respect to Michael Arteta that stuck by his guns because you know the club's always bigger than the player. And in the past experiences, we, we've seen players that have quite potentially been bigger than clubs. So fair play to Arteta. Um, and as I say, at his age 32, relatively young this day and age of football. Um, the way we grew up watching football 32, you think you're past your peak, but the Spanish league isn't what it is. And as I say Barcelona made up look free signing, so let's see how that materializes now. Big movers as well. Um, Villa had a good transfer in there under Stevie D, didn't he? Danny, we've, we we talked briefly about it in the last podcast, but they've brought some good players in, not, not, none other than Philip Coutinho. So, um, and I've seen Newcastle as well. They've stole Chris Wood from Burnley, Trippier from Atletico, um, and I think they've done that. Dan Burnham from Brighton, and did I see uh, the, boy, the, the left back coming from Villa? Because obviously he got replaced by Dina. Dean Filler. Um, I can't think of the, the your lad's name at the top of my head now, but he went into Newcastle as well. So there's been so I think Newcastle Everton and Villa have probably been the big three, you know, movers in the time frame. I know Dali Ali going to Everton, haven't he? Yeah, and there's been a lot of internal transfers. You don't normally see too much of that now, especially within the bigger clubs swapping to other bigger clubs. You don't see a lot of internal Premier League to Premier League type transfers. Normally they're coming in like mainly like the the Liverpool and Diaz situation is mainly a little bit more of what you'd see in January because you're midway through a season, you know who your rivals are, you know who you're battling against. And for me, the last thing you want to do is give a good player to a team that can potentially overtake you. But weirdly enough, we've seen quite a lot of that in this market. Yeah, Villa, especially what they signed Coutinho, Luca Dean, Robin Olsen, and Callum Chambers as well, which I was quite surprised about because Arsenal 
aren't having necessarily the best season. They're doing pretty well, but to sell arguably a, a good centre-back, a good player for them in Callum Chambers, I thought it was quite surprising seeing the project that Stevie's trying to do there at Villa. I think they've got a good chance of pushing into that top half of the table. Um, so, yeah, I think Stevie's done well in terms of the, the players that he's brought in, the calibre of players that he's brought in. Luca Dean, obviously good international footballer, arguably one of the best left-backs in the league. Philip Coutinho um, was was one of the best players on the planet like only a few seasons ago. And I think once he gets his, his mood back uh, and once he starts enjoying his football again, I think we'll see real glimpses out of him. And then, as I say, Callum Chambers, which... I think playing alongside Tyrone Mings is going to make them really solid at the back. So it's going to be interesting to see how they work. But yeah, I think it, for me, it's between Villa and Everton who have probably had the best transfer market. Villa, obviously Newcastle spent nearly $100 million, um, But have they spent $100 million on players that are going to do well for them over the next five years? I don't think so. I think it's a quick fix to stop them from getting relegated, really. Yeah, I mean... Uh... I agree. What do you think of the Deli Alley situation going to Everton? Obviously, he's still so young. He's he's kind of he's been there, done that, and wore the t-shirt. Many caps for England, many goals, special talent. But on the last couple of years, he's just kind of gone to nowhere, hasn't he? And now he's gone to Everton. So is he gonna is he gonna be revived at Everton or ever gonna sink his career? That, that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> that is the question, and it's a hard one because you sort of wonder where he's gonna fit in. I suppose maybe he's gonna fit into. That sort of number ten role that that Sigurdsson occupied for so long, um, is he going to go into there? It, it, is the space for him to go into there? They're, they're bringing in Donny Van der Beek as well. Like, I I just struggle to to wonder where he's going to fit them in. Obviously, Lampard's got a plan. He's going in there with a um with his own ideas, and maybe he's looking at getting rid of a few players that he thinks are dead weight and not play them anymore. Um, but for me, I just wonder what sort of Play they're gonna make like because with the players that they've got, obviously they've got they've got the likes of Calvert Lewin and Richarlison up front. They're gonna play the two of them because they're both good goal scorers. So if they're playing the two of them, what sort of formation are they gonna play? Because if they're having Deli Ali sitting behind, then are they gonna go with two fullback? Are they gonna go with two defensive midfielders? If they do that, then they have brought in Andros Townsend, who they're then gonna have to drop again, and Damari Gray, who, who has been really good for them this season. But we're playing that many. He's not going to go to three at the back. They're not a good enough team to be able to play three at the back. So it's going to interest me as to who he's actually going to be dropping and who he's going to be trying to replace the likes of Van der Beek and Deli Alley with. Um, because obviously Van der Beek's only in on a on a loan. So he's going to be wanting to give him games because he thinks he's good enough. Deli Alley, is he going to try and slowly bring him in? I don't know. It'll just be interesting to see what happens over the next few months. Like. Well, that's it as well. Um... It's more more attacking threats for them, as I say. And now they're in a relegation battle. And let's not make no odds about it. Everton Football Club are in a relegation battle. And they need as many attacking threats as possible. Yeah. I think we look back to last season as well. And the big the big mover, which is a loan move, was um, Jesse Lingard to West Ham, who had a superb end of the season and nearly got into the Euro squad. Um, and again, West Ham and Newcastle tried to sign Lingard again um, in this transfer window, but it didn't happen. Obviously, we um, Manchester United losing Martial to Sevilla and um, Greenwood to Prison FC so they've lost a couple of players there so I think they want to keep all the Lingard so maybe United um, getting a new player off Lingard might, might help for them um, with those two players kind of going but yeah I mean 
So that's kind of the thoughts on the transfer window. Um, obviously, we haven't mentioned the outgoings at Liverpool. Uh, King Nat Phillips away to Bournemouth. Um, what do you think of that move, Danny? What I, what I can say is we all know my love to Nat Phillips on this podcast. And uh, I think it's a brilliant move because he's going to go into a team that are probably going to win the league. So he's going to be in a winning side that he's used to. He's going to get game time and he's going to prove how good he is, isn't he? Yeah, I think he will. Um, I'm, just, I'm just trying to get over what you said before. I was wondering how many Mason Greenwood shells we get into this podcast. Um, so, yeah, interesting enough. Um, yeah, did you know what? I, I said at the end of last season, didn't I, that I think Nat Phillips needed time. He needed time to be able to progress. He needed time in this in the squad. But then we brought in Canate and Nat Phillips was always going to be fourth, fifth choice centre-back. And I said Jordan the summer, I thought that he needed to maybe use the season that he had at Liverpool as a chance to be able to then propel his career. And I think it's a good move for him to go to Bournemouth. Bournemouth are pushing at the minute for, for promotion. And I think if he can go in there, help them to be solid and really push for one of those spaces, for one of those automatic promotion spaces, I think it's only going to do his career the world of good. And like For me, I think Nat Phillips is a Premier League centre-back. So I think yeah. if he can go to Bournemouth, do well in this loan period... And if I was him, as much as I don't want to see him go from a selfish point of view, from for his career, I think in the summer he needs to be looking at moving to to a Premier League club, whether it be a, a Newcastle, whether it be a, a Burnley or a, a someone along those lines. But I think he needs to be pushing for Premier League football because I think he's I think he's worth it. Yeah, and I mean you look at the likes of Joe Gomez, who's barely got a kick this season and he's mm-hmm. behind the pack of order than so I agree. It's a football that deserves um, game time. Now, one last comment we will make as well. Um, I know we've got a lot of Rangers fans that listen to this podcast. Um, so, Adam Ramsey going from Juventus to Rangers. Uh, what do you make of that one, Danny? It's probably the it's probably the weirdest transfer, wasn't it? I think it's probably between the Adam Ramsey to Rangers and the Christian Eriksen to Burnley. It's not it. Was it Burnley? Brentford, Brentford. Brentford, that's the one. Um, I think it was one of them were, were probably the two sort of shock transfer deadline day targets. Um, do you know what? Like I was speaking to a few guys about this when, when it was happening as well. For me, it's not as bad a move as people are making it out to be. People are like, oh, Ramsey's gone from Juventus to, to Rangers on loan, like his career's down the pan. For me, you think to yourself, yes, he could have probably came to a Premier League club. He could have signed for a Brighton. He could have signed for a Newcastle. He could have went for a loan spell at any of those clubs. All he's doing at doing that, and you think you've got to think of it from a career perspective, I suppose. In doing that, he's coming to sort of showcase what he's doing that he's still got it in the Premier League. He's maybe coming in to help a team in a relegation battle or help a team to secure mid-table. He could have potentially have probably went to Aston Villa on loan and helped them to maybe get into the top half. What he's done is put himself in a position where Rangers are a well-watched club. I think Gerrard has really helped them to become a team that is on TV regularly, that people are watching in the UK and keeping an eye on. And also, he potentially spends six months and wins, wins a league in Scotland. Like, And for me, if you've got the option between going to a club and potentially finishing 12th and going, yeah, I've got game time and that's great, or helping a team to avoid relegation, you finish a season and go, that's great. It's something that I can look back on, but it doesn't do nothing for my trophy cabinet. He potentially goes to Rangers for six months, wins the league, and he's got that to be able to, to keep as part of his sort of CV, as you say, and as part of his trophy cabinet for the rest of his life. So for me, I think it's probably a good move on, on his call. 
Well, there you go. Yeah, and as I say, I've always liked that, Mumsy. And obviously, um, I think you're, the Wales have got a lot of um, tight pictures coming up, mm-hmm. and they'll need a match fit along with Bale. So that's another interesting one that will happen in the summer. But in the meantime, that's a, a good half the uh, podcast discussing the transfers. In the second half of the pod, we're going to discuss the Cardiff City game and the Leicester City game. And so, thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back, everyone, to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, we have got lots of stuff coming up and... We we're going to make a joke about it, but we're not. Um, <laughs> but we've got some fixtures coming up, and they are coming back. Like the way the Premier League is, we know the way it works. It's worked during Christmas. All the fixtures are, are very, very tight on top of each other, and especially coming into February and March. And because Liverpool are still so in so many competitions, I think that kind of helps as well. So this Sunday, we are playing Cardiff in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Um, probably not going to have Salah and Mane still because. They're potentially both going to be in the final, depending on the results of tonight and tomorrow's games, um, which you'll know by the time this is going out. Um, but Liverpool will be playing Cardiff either way. Cardiff at the minute, battling relegation in the Championship, uh, third from bottom, only won seven games all season. How do you see a game like this going, Ammo? Is, is Klopp really looking for the FA Cup? Like, we haven't won many domestically, like titles, I suppose. Um or do you think he's maybe thinking I'll focus more on the Champions League and things like that? Well, first and foremost, we have to we have to go for the FA Cup. You know, the, the win in the league or Champions League is not guaranteed. So we're in the League Cup final and we and we've got to go for the FA Cup as well. So it's a game for the likes of your Minaminos and Jotters and you know Oxley Chamberlains, Curtis Jones, there's those type of boys to step up in because we won't have Mane and Salah. And just to go back to your previous point that we weren't gonna make a joke, I'm gonna make the joke. So as I say, the uh, we were saying that the, the joke that the uh, fixtures are coming thick and fast, like Mason Greenwood. Uh, yes, oh yeah. Um, we want to get. <laughs> I can't the, believe the, the, you the, said the, it. Ah, uh, there we go. You, we we laughed about it off air, so we have to say it on on um, on air. Yeah. Any any digs at United's come back to help 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 my day. And our joke, jokes aside, um, the fixtures are coming thick and fast and say, Carter for the team that. The difference in the Premier League and the Championship, as I think every year, has got a little bit smaller. So I don't think the difference in a Cardiff City playing Liverpool now and a Cardiff City of 10 years ago in the Championship um, is that great a difference these days. Obviously, there's a difference in quality. Liverpool are better team and Cardiff are battling relegation in the Championship. But I don't see it as a, a vast gulf of, um, of difference, to be honest. It's at Anfield. It's, it's a weird kickoff. It's 12 o'clock on a Sunday, which is... I can't remember last time Liverpool played 12 o'clock on a Sunday, to be honest. So I feel like a bit of a weird fixture, but nevertheless, um, we have to go for it um, and just do a professional job. Um, I, I don't know much about Cardiff City. I know where they had Mick McCarthy as the manager there. He was recently sacked. Um, and they're fighting the relegation zone, as you say, but in the, in the relegation battle. But I don't know much about them, um, except for they used to be in the Premier League and they used to wear red and then they went to blue and I think the back red now. I don't know, but anyway, we should hopefully beat them. We should have enough quality on the pitch, and with the break that we've had, um, the championship has another break. So hopefully, it's some good for Liverpool, and it should be a comfortable, um, comfortable, comfortable victory. Mm, yeah, no, I think you're right. Like I know very little about 
Cardiff as well and think none of the players are really players that have played massively in the Premier League. Um, so it'll be a difference, a very different looking Cardiff side that are obviously struggling last few years. They have struggled a lot in terms of obviously getting relegated from the Premier League, struggling to adapt. As you said, the Championship and the Premier League are very close to each other in terms of quality. And there's a lot of boys playing in the Championship that would do a good job in the Premier League. Um, so I think Cardiff maybe struggle to adapt to the Championship. They're struggling at the minute in terms of staying into the, staying in the Championship. So for me, I think it's a nice mix of the fact that the FA Cup is probably coming at a bad time for them a time when they do need to focus on the league and not on the cup competitions. Um, so I think it's going to be an interesting one. They're either going to put out a tired squad because the Championship play a lot of games. And I think they're either going to put out a tired squad that we will have a good chance against or they're going to try and put out a second-string squad. And considering the first-string team are struggling so much, um, yeah, I think that I think we're looking at nothing else other than a Liverpool win, really, in my eyes, even with... Likes of Salah, Mane, Keita, um, all out. Does does Diaz play in this game? Does he play? Does he is he allowed to play? And does he play for you? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a perfect game, isn't it? If he can't do it against Cardiff City at Anfield, then when's he ever going to do it? You know. So for me, yeah, if he if he if he's fit, which he should be, because he's been playing for Porto, Barman. Um, I'd say at the very least, he'll be on the bench. Hmm. Um, as I say, we've still got lots of attack and flexit. You know, there's rumours that Harvey Elliott might be coming back for this game as well. Hopefully he'll get a wee 15-20 minute spell and it'll be the Liverpool Football Club arranged a pre-season friendly. Uh, so not a pre-season friendly, just a friendly fixture last week just for Harvey Elliott to get him minutes in his legs. Um, and before he went out injured there, he was looking probably the start of the season, wasn't he? So it'll be a good opportunity to get the likes of him again, you know, get minutes in the likes of, I think, Origi's back now. Get some minutes for Origi. Um and then, yeah, this next two, three months is season of finance. So you've got to kind of do everything right and get in Diaz some minutes on the pitch would be the right thing to do for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I think one of the big things is the fact that Liverpool first team, the, the injury list has shrunk quite a lot. So, as you said, we've got the likes of Diaz, we've got the likes of Harvey Elliott, um, got the, why am I forgetting this? Thiago uh, is, is potentially back for this game as well. Um, Who? I know, Who? like, we we bought him about six years ago, I think, and he's, he's I think he's been in the in the live a bit suit a few times, but I think that's all he's done in terms of being on the pitch. Um, <laughs> I think we've always had this throughout the years, haven't we? Great players that come to Liverpool and either their careers are made or their careers kind of die off a little bit. And Thiago up to now hasn't really showed his full potential, um, but he is back for this game and he showed glimpses of the games that he's played. So we hope that. This now coming back from this injury will will maybe give him the boost he needs. But I think for me, I would start to let all of those players. I think Harvey Elliott deserves minutes. I maybe wouldn't give him a full 90 first game back, but I think Harvey Elliott should be on the pitch at some point. I would be starting Thiago. Um, I would be starting Diaz and, and giving them a game, giving, showing them that you've got faith in them and giving them a chance to be able to prove themselves against a team that really isn't that good. It's a little bit different when it comes to Leicester, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But against the Cardiff team, I would be expecting a, a Thiago to really shine in that match and a Diaz to get a couple of goals in that game. So I, I think it's a good chance for Klopp to throw them up there and go, show us what you're made of, show the rest of the team why you deserve a spot on that squad. Uh, message to Luis Diaz. Uh, Danny Roberts says he's expecting a couple of goals from you in that game. Um, you know, 
doesn't really know a lot about you, but he's expecting a couple of goals from you on your debut at Anfield in front of the cop at that game and nothing less. So just uh, can we get the message out there to Luis Diaz? That's what we expect. <laughs> That sounded like a tanner. No, that's that's insane, but it's not that tanner. Like <laughs> if only, if only we knew this. If only we knew this stadium announcer on field, Danny. If only. <laughs> oh, we could get him to put that word out. Do you know what? Good idea. But we'll we'll uh, we'll wait and see on that. We'll we'll, we'll we'll get on the blower to George Sefton now to to, to get it onto Ruben Diaz. Two goals and nothing less. That's two goals and nothing less. <laughs> <laughs> <From> Danny Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, like you expected, like I think we expected a Jota when he came into the squad. We expected him to get goals, and I think Diaz he's, he's starting to get known as a good goal scorer. So why why not put him into this game and let him let him have a chance, show that faith in him? Like there might be issues with jet lag and different things like that. But if I was if I was Klopp, I'd be going for it. But I think the the overarching thing is the fact that we've got plenty of choice. Which is really good, and I think we've got to be happy with that as Liverpool fans because it was only a couple of months ago that we were sitting there going, "What options have we got outside of maybe Oxlade Chamberlain on the bench and a couple of others?" Um, we were starting to develop it, but I think now we're starting to see a real depth in squad, which is something that Liverpool I've always struggled with over the years. So it's it's nice to have that change. Hundred percent, I agree. Hundred percent. Now. Obviously, we've got that game, and then straight after that, on the Thursday, we have got Leicester. Um, now, obviously, after Amos joke before, this might be the last po- last podcast we ever do, so it'd be nice to be able to talk about this game um, and chat a little bit about it. Leicester, obviously, going well in the league, doing good. How how do you see that game going, Amos? Um, first of all, it wasn't my joke; it was Danny's joke, but I just said it on air. <laughs> I, 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 I had the balls to say it. Let's just get that clear. Um, but Leicester City, yeah. Um, we really are bad people. We should. I, I hope you bleep that joke out, Danny. I think it's the best that we bleep any. any <laughs> oh, he's backtracking now. <laughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> you know it's funny that we're on this podcast, Danny. We're meant to be previewing and reviewing games, but we're just having a bit of a laugh between ourselves, and we, we're still getting away with it with our partners. So long may <laughs> continue. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, but yeah, no Leicester City. Obviously, we've played them a good few times this season. Um, there's no Vardy. Which I do, I, I do think doesn't help them because um, he's the main man. Um, but you can't get at them. That, 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 that's the truth of the matter with Leicester City. You can get at them. Y- your man at the back, Sean Chu, um, with Johnny Evans, so they seem to have off days. And he seems to have more off days this season than previous seasons. And obviously, it should be the game that Salah and Mane back um, and Kaita. So hopefully, you know, we'll full strength, we're going at it. And if we've got any chance of winning this league at all, it's a game you have to win at Anfield. Under the lights Thursday evening, um, we have to go for it. And it, 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 do you know what? I'm not going to make no stupid predictions. It's a game that's a must-win game. If you don't win this game, you kiss the league goodbye. And I think at any stage of season, now any home game against a team that's not in the top two or three, that you're not you, you're not winning, you kiss the league goodbye. Um, so yeah, we have to win it. There are t- we know we know what they're going to do with Tielemans in the middle of the park and Madison and look at that boy up front now, Dacher. Who's pacey, and they've obviously got Ian Nacho that's always a threat. We know what Leicester are all about, but we, we should more or less be back to full strength in this game. And if a full strength Liverpool team can't beat a weakened Leicester team, um, then yeah, kiss, kiss the Premier League goodbye. So, um, how I see it going is going to be a game where Liverpool keep the possession, but Leicester are going to be dangerous on the counter attack. And it's a case of getting the first goal, calming the nerves, and getting the second one straight away. We've seen 100 games like it um, before. We'll see 100 games like that afterwards. 
in the Premier League, all teams possess quality, but Leicester City are one of those teams that possess a little bit more quality, um, although they're missing Vardy. So I say I keep away from prediction, but let's just hope it's a comfortable victory and we, you know, we get a couple of goals, I think. The last thing Liverpool fans need is like a, a 1-0 victory, you know, a score after you know, an, an hour and holding on for half an hour. We don't need that. We need a comfortable 2 or 3 nil victory. And it's just moving on. And, you know, as you say, job done, move on, don't we, Danny? We don't need none of this, you know, fighting fingernails behind sofas on a Thursday evening. We just don't need it, do we? No, I think, it. yeah, I, it's going to be an interesting one. Leicester are always a bit of a bogey team. So I think I understand where you come from when you said you didn't really want to do a prediction because it is so hard to tell. Leicester are so... They're so they're so hard to judge. I suppose is the big one. They've got a good team, a good a good squad, nice and solid. Got some really good players in the likes of Yuri Tielemans, uh, Dacher up front, as you said, Albright and different people like that. They've got some good players there that can really make the difference on a day. Like I, I think Leicester are really going to be pushing because they're sitting tenth at the minute. I, I don't think they've. I think they've maybe not got the best hopes in the world about finishing like in the top seven. Uh, at this stage in the season, especially with the injuries that they've got. So I think the likes of the FA Cup is probably something that they will be focusing on. They're coming up against Nottingham Forest on Sunday. You were in um, a battle for the the playoffs at the minute. Arguably, they're sitting eighth at the minute, I think, but they're, they're up there. And the holders the holders of the FA Cup, let's not forget, they, they actually are holders of the FA Cup right now. Exactly. So they're going to want to put on a show and they're going to want to prove something in that. And they're coming up against a, a strong Nottingham Forest team. Um, who again, similar to Leicester, are having a little bit of an ad hoc season. So they've arguably got a harder fixture than us and not as deep a squad as us. Um, so I think it's going to be an interesting one. I think all those factors will play a part uh, as to what Brendan Rodgers does with his team on Sunday and then how he's going to chop and change it for Liverpool on Thursday. If we've got Salah back and Mane back, coming back into that competition, now that they know that there's extra players there and things like that, I think it's going to make for a very interesting game. And I would love to turn around and say, yeah, Liverpool are going to be like comfortable win, all the rest of it. But Leicester are a tough team. They're a tough opponent. And I think you can't just you can't go into it too lightly. You've got to expect a good physical game against them. Um and expect to try and to try and break them down, which is something that Liverpool haven't been the best at this season, is is breaking teams down. We can counter attack really, really well. But a team that sets up as solidly as Leicester with a good goalkeeper behind them as well. It's whether Liverpool have got it in them, have got to, to sort of unlock that door in a different way. Yeah, no, 100%. And as I say, they're, they're a tough team. So let's just hope that Liverpool turn on their A game, get the goals that I've, I've previously mentioned. And yeah, that's it. I just want to kind of end on a, on a note and just say rest in peace to uh, Mason Greenwood's football career. <laughs> <laughs> threw it out there again at the end it, uh, that's, uh, like, in all seriousness it's a horrible situation and he's an absolute scum like the evidence that's come out and all the rest of it um, he yeah. doesn't deserve to play football again in his life the the horrible thing is is that just like we've seen before with Adam Johnson and other boys like that he probably will end up playing in some way shape or form in the future which is which is sad um, but yeah it's just it's been, it's been locked mental up life. locked up for life and as I joke aside um yeah, just absolute scumbag. But anyway, yeah, it, it, it's easy for us to, to tell jokes as Liverpool fans. And I'm sure if roles were reversed, there'd be jokes from United fans to us. But yeah, now nah, let me just get this on a very serious note. I, I, I don't condone anything 
that he's done, and I just couldn't help but to get some jabs in because of uh, the Liverpool United rivalry. And I will say no more except for rest in peace to his football player. Exactly, because if anything, he's given us good content for this podcast. So thank you very much for that. If that's the last thing you do in the football and world, then it's made us happy. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, um, and obviously our thoughts go out to his um, the, the the girl in question and our on our pair and her family. But yeah, um, yeah, back to the footballs <laughs> as, as they say. Um, on a very serious note, I think that you know that devalues Man United. As a team this season, so I don't think they're going to be as good. So uh, I think the likes of Everton, not Everton, sorry, the likes of Spurs and Arsenal might actually have a chance to get in the top four now, which is funny how the world of football works because there's so many different things that can go wrong or go right. Or you know, I think this end of the season now, Danny. Um, on a side note, it's going to be one of the most one of the most exciting in years because I think now that Liverpool have got that um, couple of points between City. And City drew that game. I think the whole league in general is open this season. Um, and I think it'll be an exciting end to the season. Yeah, it is going to be an interesting one. And you sort of think, going back to like transfer markets and things like that, like if if they'd have found out about the Mason Greenwood situation earlier, would Donny van der Beek have gone to Everton? Uh, would we see Jesse Ling... If, if it wouldn't have happened, would Jesse Lingard be at West Ham right now, where he was planning on Probably. going? Like, yeah. The things things change so quickly. I'm sure Lingard almost had his bags packed, and then suddenly everything was put on halt. Um, but yeah, I think you're right in saying that it's going to be a, it's going to be a wild end to the season. It's it's hard to predict where people are going to finish and what's going to. Well, go. another and you could sit there and talk. Obviously, Liverpool and would Liverpool got lose the other Salah and Mane went to the African Nations Cup, or did it, or did it make it clop and the club realised actually no, we need someone. Mm. If they didn't go to the African Nations Cup, would they still be playing and haven't been, you know, I wouldn't say paper over cracks, but you, you get where I'm getting that. We, you know, we don't need any backups because we've got, they're so good. Or do you think, or with them being away, do you think, oh no, we need a bit more? And that's that, that's the world of football. That, that, that's what keeps us going around. That, that makes us discuss things and keeps things interesting every week. And we're not, you know, we're discussing, you know, different topics and different scenarios every week. But, which keeps it interesting. And I still can't believe that we get away with it, but we do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we do, we do. And there's so much uncertainty. There's so much going on that we don't know about, but the reality is what we do know and the thing that does stay the same is that the Premier League is going to give us an exciting end of the season. There's so many people in relegation. There's so many people in for those top seven spots. And I think, like, I honestly think the likes of Aston Villa are going to give it a good push to be able to get into those spots come the end of the season. Um, I think the the relegation zone isn't going to look like what it looks like right now. Uh, and I think we're going to look at a very exciting finish to the Premier League season, which is which is only a good thing for us as we report on it every week. <laughs> That's it, mate. That's... But until then, we uh, are going to love yous and leave yous at this point. And we will come back next week to be able to discuss how those games get on and look at our new shaped Liverpool team with Salah and Mane back into it going into the games coming into February and March as we get into the business end of the season so until next week thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network Sports Social Podcast Network
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.